The Ego Self Who is he? Why is he here? And why are we so eager to wage war with him? To do away with him? To disavow any association with him? And why do so many schools of enlightenment tell us that yes, he is bad, and yes, he should be done away with entirely, if at all possible? Why? Because they only see the partial picture. They note only that yes, he is wild. Yes, he makes mistakes, and yes, he is indeed running our life, but there is more to him. With this video, I hope to show how our ego self isn't something to be abandoned. In fact, I hope to show quite the opposite, because the ego self is a direct expression of us, and we don't need to do away with him entirely, and this is important for you to hear, because without him, you could not appear in this dimension as you're accustomed to. It's true. Like in the movie The Matrix, pull his plug and you pull your own plug in this dimension. He is what we look like when we're here. He is us, our very own projection. But our current system of beliefs has utterly convinced our poor ego self that he is hanging out here alone and he's afraid and his fear is expressed in his mistakes as he desperately tries to find his footing and survive. As we are moving collectively as well as individually into larger and clearer streams of consciousness, we can begin to see this. Nothing is separate from you, so why wage war with ourselves, with our own projection? Instead, we finally begin to see him for what he is, a direct reflection of ourselves. And like in the video, Acceptance versus the Power to Change, the first thing we must do is accept Him. Because through our acceptance, through our knowledge that He is our creation, our projection, we gain dominion over Him. We find that He is nothing to be combative with at all. He is only a mirror. When you change, He will change. He cannot help but to do so, for He is your shadow on the wall of Plato's cave, and you are the reality that is cast in his image. But if you try to deny him like an illegitimate child and cast him aside, all you do is forfeit your ability to influence him. You'll bind your own hands, but you will never escape the relation. Here is an example. Trying to deny or remove your ego self is somewhat like trying to divorce yourself from your reflection in the mirror. So when you got up in the morning with your hair poking up and looking quite untidy, could you simply say to your reflection in the mirror, that's not me? It might sound like a good idea some days, you might like to, but you really can't, can you? But you can own up to it, and if you do, then you inherit the power to change the reflection because you see it is you. It is your projection your reflection in this mirror that we call reality. And this reflection is not fixed. We are always in the act of becoming. So change is easily yours if you abandon the old patterns and paradigms that are keeping you stuck. And while we're doing away with old things, can we rename our ego self, please? That title is tainted with acquired animosity. So let's give them a new name, a more accurate name. Let's call him our projected self, which is actually much closer to the truth. 
Now, though you can't escape your projected self, you can realign him. And you begin to do this by knowing what he truly is. He isn't a growth or a cancer to be removed. He is a projection of you. No, he's not the real you, but he is indeed a reflection of the real you. And he can indeed be assisted so that he more accurately reflects the real you. But here's the catch. We don't modify him by changing him, by swapping out pieces, or by suppressing anything, because there's nothing to change. He is already complete and whole, because he is a reflection of the real you, and you cannot project anything less than perfection. We change him by revealing him to himself, by showing him who he really is, by reminding him of his inherent oneness with the all by showing him he's not lost and not on his own and that he has cast himself out of paradise by his own hand and that paradise waits for him and longs for his return. So we simply change him by revealing him to himself because right now he is forgotten. There's one more way I can offer for you to look at this. Have any of you ever experienced what is often called a lucid dream? Basically, a lucid dream is a dream in which you catch yourself dreaming. You realize you are dreaming, and because of this awareness, now your dream self can do some magical things. Your dream self can tweak the dream. He can. It's true. I've done it many times before. And lucid dreaming is very similar to the relation between your projected self and your real self. When you finally catch yourself dreaming this dream that we call reality, and realize that the one you thought was the real you is actually your dream self, a projected self, you begin to notice something else peculiar. You notice that what you've mistaken as reality is actually closer to a TV show or a movie. And what happens to your projected self doesn't actually happen to your real self. No more than what happens to the characters on the screen happens to you sitting in the theater. This is a Spielberg-worthy coup de grace of illusion, and it's simply the smoke and mirrors of this dream, so that the experiences seem real and not like a cheesy B-grade movie, so that you may experience what you choose, choices which, in truth, are neither good nor bad, no matter how wonderful or how horrible they seem. They are simply experiences selected consciously or unconsciously. Whether you think them good or bad is determined by your perspective, and your perspective is governed by the set of beliefs or paradigms that your dream figure or projected self has given its agreement to and has adopted as real. But the most important thing that happens is when the dream figure wakes in the dream, when your projected self wakes in what we once perceived as reality, this is the moment you are searching for. It's your awakening, the beginning of the enlightenment you seek. And you truly know why Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Because now, awake in the dream, we are aware of our undeniable oneness to the real dreamer. And by this knowing, we automatically manifest an open conduit of all possibilities. By this awareness, 
we can now tweak the dream because we have awakened while still in the dream. But I ought to mention that the dreamer is not a person, though it's our habit to imagine so. The dreamer is the act of becoming, the act of creation. And when this dreamer consciously resides within the now awakened projected self, our projected self is reborn. He remembers who he is and that this dream is merely an expression of that which he is one with. He is no longer a captive of the dream. He is released. He is unbound. Not done away with or killed, but rather reborn. And by this rebirth acknowledges all that the Father freely gives. He and the Father, the dreamer and the dreamed, are recognized as one, consciously, while still in the dream. So no, please don't throw your projected self away or beat him down or bind him. Just remind him of who he is. For that is what he is looking for. And with this information, he will begin to awaken within this dream and a new era will begin. When one rises, we all rise. You have this ability. You have this and more.